This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Shall we begin? The data indicates it may have been a plutonium implosion device. Like the one you built at Los Alamos. A secret laboratory. In the middle of nowhere. Keep everyone there until it's done. Why? If we don't let scientists bring their families, we'll never get the best. Before the Nazis do. Oh my god. How about because this is the most important thing to ever happen in the history of the world? Well, we had a moment where it looked like the chain reaction from an atomic device might never stop. Are we saying there's a chance that when we push that button, we destroy the world? Chances are near zero. Near zero. What do you want from theory alone? Zero would be nice. BFM 89.9. It is 7.39 and you're listening to Popcorn Culture. It is Thursday, which means it's Supercut. You are with Lynn, Sharmila and Arvin. And okay, firstly, a bit of housekeeping uh, for everybody. So we have not reviewed anything this week, have we? We have not. We have not. We have At not. least not on air. Yes, yes, not officially. Um, and we've not uh, had any shows over the last couple of days. And that's because we're currently in the process of just rejigging, um, seeing what we can do for the future. So consider the show on a mini hiatus. Supercuts will continue. Um, but our reviews and throwbacks are on hold for the time being. So just in case you're wondering, there it is. Now uh, to business. We always knew that we were going to do this. The debate was only whether or not we were going to do do it in 2024 or at the end of 2023. But this is officially our best of 2023 show, the movie edition. So next week we're doing TV, but today we are focusing primarily on films, uh, the stuff that made it to both the big and the small screen that we thought were the best of the best, the creme de la creme, the atomic bombs of of wonder, I suppose. Mm, I wonder what movie you're talking about. I know. (laughs) So suspense, Um, like the ending of Oppenheimer. (laughs) But honestly, I mean, listening to that, I actually kind of, I was hoping Oppenheimer would come back to IMAX by year end because Mm -hmm. I only got to watch it on IMAX once and I'd love to do it again. Um, It still is actually one of the highlights of the year for me. Um, Oppenheimer, I mean, Barbenheimer, of course, is a larger, you know, pop culture movement. Um, But Oppenheimer itself was easily for me, um, one of the best movie going experiences of the last year. Of the last year, for me, it was in the last year and also maybe for the last five years. Yes, just the whole, I, I agree. Right? The, the hype of it, you know, uh, watching it in IMAX, just seeing someone film something like that. Um, it was such a good year for cinema movies, 2023. Um, I can't say the same about streaming. I honestly cannot remember one thing that came out on streaming. Rebel Moon. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the, 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 obviously. The, the masterpiece of masterpieces. Um, I can't think of any streaming exclusives that made a big impact but if you think about 2023 um if dune part 2 came out when it was supposed to come out if the if the strike didn't happen we would have had nolan fincher ridley scott martin scorsese and denis villeneuve all come out with movies in one year which would have been insane it, it's already insane without villeneuve but that would have been something like you know a, a year for cinema I had to remember what Fincher movie you were talking about. And then I realized it was, you know, that movie I love the most. Uh, <laughs> that was yeah, on Netflix. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Which, whose title actually now I forgot. The young up and comer, David yes, Fincher. Yes, experimenting. That, that young up and comer with that um, tantalizingly titled film, The Killer. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> that's <laughs> why you, you forgot. Because yes. it's just, it, it's it's not a lot of anything. Um, so 
I, I think, uh, firstly, I'm glad you said that it was a good year for movies because if we were to grade it just on, on a, a letter grade basis, this was a great year. We had a lot mm. of fun doing, well, this I say, 2023 was a great year. We had a lot of fun doing reviews. I mean, sure, there were some valleys with the Transformers and the thingies. Um, <laughs> but broadly speaking, the good so far outweighed the bad. And it was nice. I think it was the first time um, post-pandemic that it really felt actually post-pandemic that you felt like I'm back in the cinemas this is a really good time see you say but there were Transformers I say and there were yeah, Transformers yeah. I, 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 I knew as I said this we were going to fight but I said it anyway because I really yeah. cannot and that yeah. movie has recently made it onto the streaming platforms and I've had to endure the trailers again and Michelle Yeoh and The Bird and I just can't and I've seen it again I never watched it you know I actually feel like I missed out on a lot of the like, truly terrible of last year and, and I feel a little lucky you all didn't you know get upset with me for it either um, to which I'm appreciative not to your face not to my face <laughs> at least on air maybe got um, no but actually it was an event cinema year wasn't it part of it I think think is that we've missed it so much in the last few years, pandemic, the explosion of streaming content, um, you know, big movies not making money in the cinema. So I think just the sheer fact that we could go to the cinema and then and watch something like Killers of the Flower Moon, which mm. I feel like maybe even two years ago would have been a direct to streaming release. But the fact that um, we are still getting movies like that in the cinema is something that's really enough for me to be thankful about. I also don't understand how Oppenheimer did what it did in the cinemas. Like a movie like that shouldn't have made as much money as it did and it shouldn't mm. have been as liked as it was. Um, it's an indie movie, right? It's like an awards grab. It comes out in December, then it wins like a bunch of awards at the Oscars. Um, it's very dry. Like for a movie that's supposed to be um, in that size, scale and scope, it's a very, very slow, monotonous, dry movie. And yet I, I still cannot stop thinking about it. Like every time I think about it, I, I remember how I felt in the cinema and there are certain scenes that are so cinematic that I'm like, this is gonna this is gonna make like one of those Hall of Fame movie moments for a long, long, long time. The word I think about with Oppenheimer is indelible. When mm. I think about it, the images are really indelible. I can see entire scenes. I, I remember how they were lit. I remember how it looked when when the thing went off, you know, when yeah. when the culmination of the experiments happened. I, I don't know why I'm acting like, ooh, spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but... But I remember how it felt. Um, so we have a very complex system that um, I forgot about and that we set up, but none of us remember really having the conversation about. But the point is, we somehow agreed that we would do a top five, I believe. So you guys have top fives each. I have a very, very loose list. I think we should probably say it at the outset. We are, by the way, talking about the best movies, movies specifically, TVs next week, the best movies of 2023. And we want to know what was the, your favourite thing that you watched last year. Let us know. You can send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. As for our top fives, what are they? Oh, okay. I didn't realise we we're going to get into them so soon. No, because if we save them for later, what's the point? So my top five is, um, I, I, I admit I cheated a little bit because we also have a collective list. We're playing the clips. So it freed me up a little bit to pick some West, West field. What am I saying? <laughs> Left field picks. Um, so mine, number one by a mile, is actually Jawan. Um, the one uh, starring Shah Rukh Khan, which I was fangirling over The one for. and only. Yes, and I forced both of you to review it with me. Um, and that's the only one that I've managed to rank. Um, mm. The rest are Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, um, Mission Impossible 7, which for me, again, was such a great cinematic experience. Which when um, Kassian got, you know, disappeared in the yeah, mix yeah, of everything. Yeah, I realised yeah. that I actually even thought it was the year before. Mm. Um, and then, finally, the uh, only streaming thing that made it to my list, which was the uh, Wes Anderson Roald Dahl uh, quartet of short films that Netflix released, which for me was just delightful and beautiful. So there is like a streaming thing for you? One like streaming Like a streaming thing. exclusive. Yes. Nice, nice. Um, for me, I think mine is in order. Um, it's pretty much in order. So number five is Napoleon. Uh, number four is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which I really, really, really loved. Um, Imaginor, number three. Number two is Oppenheimer. And my favourite movie of last year is uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Nice. Um, and, and I thought I was going to be have like internal conflict like Oppenheimer or Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, but it was an easy choice. Like, like Across the Spider-Verse for me is way, way, way up there. It's funny because I loved that movie and then because it's part of a series similar to Guardians, mm. I forgot that it was this year. Same. 
Same. I, th- I think I, Yes, I just associated it as a 2022 release or something like that. Mm. Um, because again, I, I kind of lumped it in together with uh, the first. The first. This is the second, right? Into this, the Spider-Verse. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so because of that, I, I just kind of had that lumping effect and therefore I forgot that it was last year. Um, I only have a number one. It's Oppenheimer, for sure. Um, I, I gave it a little bit of thought and then I realised it has to be there. Uh, the rest of them, though, I really loved Abang Adik, uh, which I didn't get to review with y'all. Um, we can talk about a little bit later. But Abang Adik was a big one for me. Um, Imaginor also I really, really loved. Killers of the Flower Moon I adored. And then I think I think I might throw in a John Wick Chapter 4, which I remembered, again, for the cinematic experience, the thrills and spills, the laughing in horror and delight. John Wick I had forgotten about, you know, um, mm, along same. with Mission Impossible, that how much I actually enjoyed watching it this year. It's a big the last year. year. It was a it was a, a big very year. big yeah. year. So I, I think that give let us know, give it some thought. What was the best thing you watched in 2023? That's what we're talking about today. You can send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Um, up next, I mean these are clips. These these clips are going to be of movies that we all loved. Here's a bit of Imaginor. Zohal. No. Pernah tak rasa happy Lepas tu tiba-tiba you jadi risau Risau yang you akan hilang perasaan tu You ni fikir banyak sangat lah I think you just need a happy place Dia datang Ter Hidup pun memang kita kena selalu cari Burning for more BFM 89.9, The Business Station. When this money started coming, we should have known it came with something else. They're like buzzards circling our people. We're still warriors. I ought to kill these white men who killed my family. I was uh, sent down from Washington, D.C. to see about these murders. See what about them? See who's doing it. BFM 89.9 at 7.50 and you're listening to Popcorn Culture Supercut with Lynn Sharmila and Arvin. And together we're looking back at 2023 and talking about our favourite movies of the year. We're asking you the same thing. What was the best thing that you watched last year? In terms of film, TV's next week, you can WhatsApp or send us a voice note 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. So Killers of the Flower Moon is uh, is an interesting one uh, because I think the length was a huge thing. Um, I remember that that was probably the biggest conversation going into it, aside from the fact, uh, aside from Martin Scorsese's age, the fact that he's working again with um, DiCaprio and De Niro. That was the the big thing. And I think that was something that I was reckoning with after also that A, the time felt really worth it for me, which is a big thing to say about a film that's so long. Um, But also that I thought about it for absolute weeks after. Killers of the Flower Moon really is one of those movies that like burrows in your head, right? Like you mm. can't stop thinking about it. I not just couldn't stop thinking about it. I went and read up about the original, um, the, the the Osage County issue and all of the people and looked at photos of them. And um, because it, I think it does that thing where it takes a story that is absolutely worth telling and then manages to elevate it by the way the movie is made. It's 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 almost perfect in every sense. It's also one of those movies that, just like Oppenheimer, um, should not have worked as well as it did. Right, So I, I remember watching it on uh, Sunday um, in IMAX and the hall was almost full, like packed with people. And I don't know, it's that's like a premium ticket, right? And you you have to be like a big blockbuster MCU, you know, action blockbuster thing to get people to pay that premium. But to go for such a... Um, an arty movie and something that's also very dry and very slow and three hours long that's a big ask and it was nice to see like the hall packed with people who wanted to watch like a Martin Scorsese movie in the cinema Um, I I honestly want to watch it again but also I'm embracing myself before watching it again because it's one of those super hefty emotionally draining sort of um, films unlike Oppenheimer which I think I could I could give another rewatch um 
Flower Moon is also one of those movies that I feel like I want to watch in totality. Mm. Um, it's the same with Oppenheimer. So this is the like problem. Like no pausing in between. Yes, yeah. no pausing, no leaving, uh, maybe even a darkened room, maybe even shushing people. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I just want to watch it properly again. I don't really want the at-home watching experience, except to say that I can choose my own drinks and snacks with, you know, wide variety. But other than that, I want a viewing experience that kind of emulates what I got in the cinema, which was that kind of total focus, which is a credit again to the movie, I, I think. We do have a difference of opinion, I think a little bit, from Munif, who says, the best movie of last year for me was hands down Gran Turismo. Consider this. Mm-hmm. It's a video game adaptation, is a genre notoriously hard to get right, but they aced it regardless. Despite being live action, the incorporation of the game's interface aesthetic so seamlessly into real world scenes was sublime. Uh, despite the simple premise, it had heart-pounding actions suspense and emotion. The themes of parental expectations versus finding your own thing to pursue in life would tug at the hearts of anyone. After the dust settles, non-gamer viewers were shocked to realise such an incredible story was actually true making everything even more mind-blowing. The movie was also masterfully put together by Neil Blomkamp of Chappie and District 9 fame after a long hiatus. And this movie knows what people go to the cinemas for. Not to be more depressed, not to see mopey people for four hours, but to have fun. Munif, I feel like that was a dig at exactly the movie we've just been talking uh, about. Well, Munif, I remember what you had to say about Killers of the Flower Moon. So I I, I know you're talking about um, Arty Marty, Arty I believe. Marty, was that's the, right. Yes. Um, I didn't watch Gran Turismo and now I feel like I missed out. I also didn't, but actually, to be fair, I really wanted to. It was just a phase that I, I couldn't get to the cinema, uh, especially because, one, I love Neil Blomkamp, but also the premise of um, doing a video game movie while also not quite doing a video game mm. movie, I thought was very clever. I, I can completely understand the love for Gran Turismo. Um, as a cinema movie, it's a, it's like the perfect popcorn movie. Um, I, I wouldn't put it, like personally, I wouldn't put it in my top 10, um, but completely understandable. Lah. It's it's one of those things that you just like go in, have fun, super, super, super entertaining. Um, and the sound design, the sound design in that movie is amazing. So this is the, we do this every time, Munif. Thanks for taking us here. Um, this is the question about what it is that you want out of a movie going experience. Lah. Because sometimes, um, so John Wick Chapter 4 is on mine because I love the John Wick franchise of the three of us. I think I love it most. And um, it it holds a very special, stylized place in my heart. I, I find it very hard to be uh, neutral about it. And because of that and the anticipation of going to watch it, it was such a big payoff for me. It's like emotionally satisfying, but also it was bigger and more bombastic than the previous installments. I understand the appeal of a popcorn movie, but it was not my top top because... I'm going back to the um, I thought about it and it lived with me. No, um, I think I think popcorn movies being your top is absolutely perfect and understandable uh, because for a lot of people, that's what you want from going to the cinema, right? I mean, MI7 um, is one of my favourite watches of last year, primarily because one, I still remember the cliff motorcycle jumping scene, Mm. um, but also because of all the things that went into it. A friend of mine and I were texting each other for days before we went to watch the movie. We went together. We were excited. We were like taking selfies and holding posters in the cinema because they were handing them out. Um, you don't do that with the killers of the flower moon. I mean, and I'm not saying you should. No, I mean, what would it be? Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Like right? poison that you oh wave around. See, it just gets depressing really fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and those kinds of movies have their own r- real kind of joy. They do. I mean, it's like going back to the Gran Turismo thing, right? It's um, I, I guess if, like you said, the the whole. This, the whole idea is to get pure entertainment. Actually, if we were choosing like the best scenes from movies, um, I think John Wick 4 would have made it into my top five. Like if we're choosing just scenes, entertaining the overhead? scenes. The overhead? Ah, yeah, just yes. the overhead. It's one of the most cinematic things I've seen in a long, long, long time. Even though I wouldn't personally put the, the movie in my top 10, that scene alone, I think it would have, would have, would have been in the top five for sure. The it's joy, such a good scene. The joy, I feel, just talking about <laughs> it is a wondrous thing. Uh, we also have Sue, who says, Oppenheimer tops my list. Well, I think Oppenheimer topped a lot of people's lists. I'm actually very curious about Oppenheimer and whether, say, five years from now, people will be talking about it the same way they talk about Interstellar or Inception. Or whether it's something that, um, I'm not saying it's going to be a tenet. Tenet is, as of now, probably the least of his his group of movies. Um, but I feel like 
I, I'm curious about how much, how much, um, how much legs I suppose Oppenheimer has. I thought you were gonna say like whether in five years we would have like an actual 70 mm IMAX <laughs> cinema to watch Oppenheimer in. Nolan will just build a chain of them around the world. Oh, please do. Yeah, please yeah. do. Own show, initiative. At least Showing we only have Oppenheimer. To think about <laughs> flight to what Melbourne? Somebody flew to Melbourne because that's yes. the closest from Malaysia. Can we talk about the fact that uh, okay, just for our next clip. By the way, we're talking about our favorite movies of 2023 and asking you for yours. What was the best thing you watched last year? Uh, WhatsApp us zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So Barbie uh, is not really in any of our top fives, and I think that's interesting. Partly because we all loved it when it came yes. out. We, mm. we gave it a good review. Um, I watched it again since and I enjoyed it again. But I don't want to watch it for the third time or at least not anytime soon. And and I realised that I stopped thinking about it. I sing the songs, I laugh at the jokes, but I don't think about it that much after. I feel like I could rewatch it again and again and again and have fun with it. Um, but it's probably not the movie that I think was the best of the last year. I've only seen it once. Um, I don't know if I'm going to watch it again, but um, it's one of those things like, like every time I think about Oppenheimer, I think about Barbie and when I think about... I know, you know right? It's, it's Actually, the Barbenheimer for us, thing. it's inseparable. Yeah, yeah. And I think I love the Barbenheimer craze more than I love Barbie as a movie by itself. So, okay, we're going to be hearing a little bit of Barbie, but again, keep those thoughts coming. Favourite thing you watched from last year, 018-789-8899 is the number to WhatsApp or send us a voice note and tweet us at BFM Radio. Hey Barbie, can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. You can find me under the lights, diamonds under my eyes. This is the best day ever. It is the best day ever. So is yesterday and so is tomorrow and every day from now until forever. Do you guys ever think about dying? Because freedom matters. BFM 89.9. Lay PFM 89.9, it is 8.08. Sorry, I just got shot with an emotional bullet. I I did not anticipate that clip. Um, All right, you're listening to Popcorn Culture. It's Supercut. You're with Lynn, Sharmila, Arvin. Together, we're talking about our favourite films of 2023. Favourite TV is going to be next week, so hold that thought. Um, But get in touch and let us know what was the best thing you watched last year. You can WhatsApp or send us a voice note, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. I did not, I was not here for the Abang Adik review. And I was, I'm so glad that we get to talk about it still though, because I loved it so much. Well, Arvin so and much. I hated it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. And, and and I said this because it gives me moral superiority because now you're both bad people. <laughs> Actually, I couldn't even bring myself to say it. The thing is, listening yeah. to the clip, it's too close. I felt bad joking about yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry I dragged you into it. Um, because all I still remember, because it was just two weeks ago, a week ago? Uh, two weeks ago? Yeah. yeah. Is just sobbing uncontrollably. Yes, yes. Um, it's such a good film. Such a good film. It's an amazing movie. Uh, and I'm also so glad that it came out so recently that it's so fresh and I'm still thinking about the movie um, and I still see posts about it on Instagram and there's like updates. Also, I'm very, very happy that the movie is making money. So every time I see a post saying that the movie has made this much box office collection in two weeks, I'm like, yes, because this movie deserves all of it. And the fact that it's still showing like in cinemas, which is very, very rare for a local movie like this because normally they struggle and then they fizzle out within like a week or 10 well, days. This, this is in some ways mirroring what happened with Imaginor earlier in the yeah, year, yeah. right? That it was a word of mouth thing and then people just kept going and for that reason it kept getting cinema runs which is such a relief because I 
Firstly, if you're listening to to us right now and you still haven't watched it, I really can't recommend it enough. Um, I would find a screening near you. Go watch it. Um, but also, it's a. Uh, it has. We were talking earlier about Killers of the Flower Moon. Now, I'm not comparing the two necessarily. I'm just saying um, that there is something to be said for movies that, yes, tackle difficult things that can be depressing, but that are made with a lot of love and craft. And I think that mm. that was what struck me about Abang Adik, aside from its story and aside from um, the, the very specific kind of characters and communities that it was highlighting, is the fact that it's a beautiful movie. It's Gorgeous. Um, it's, it's eye candy. It's eye candy. Mm. It's lit so well. Um, it makes parts of KL that you know and are familiar with look new and beautiful. And I think that that can be a really lovely thing, especially when it's in some ways talking about the underbelly of our city. I I think that Amangade actually really can stand up to any number of international uh, productions that mm-hmm. come our screen come to our screens. It also makes me really happy that looking back at 2023, we don't just have Abangade, we don't just have Imagine Nor, we have um, Pendatang, you know, whether you yes. liked it or not. We had Hungry Ghost Diner. Yes. Uh, we had Tiger Ghost yeah, Diner. Yeah, Hungry Ghost love, Diner love. was lovely. Talking about beautiful films, right? Yeah. That was so beautiful to watch. Um, but even Tiger Stripes, which for all its controversy, made so much, um, made such a splash internationally I'm hoping we'll get the proper full version at some point soon it's really nice isn't it to have such a wealth of local cinema to talk about local cinema and also local cinema that you have to watch in the cinema yes. for the best effect like we, we said this during the review as well well not um, Penatang lah but everything else yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but Abang Ade is one of those movies that you might feel you can wait for streaming or for it to come out in, in some form on one of the streamers, and it might. But it is such a cinema movie. Like, it is worth the price of a ticket to watch on a big screen, um, the the score, the, the soundtrack, but especially the visuals. Just watching the cinematography, the colours, like like what Lin said, the way it's lit right on the big screen. Um, it's a treat. Lah. It, it's a real cinematic, theatrical sort of movie um, and the fact that it is also local makes it all the better so we do have a voice note actually that came in this is from nat guys yeah there were three good films i watched last year the first would definitely have to be abang adik second a close second is a boy in the harem and lastly past lives seriously three movies Oh, sorry. Films that people ought to watch. <laughs> films. Matt, thank you for joining the film club. Um, firstly, great list. Um, okay, past lives. Actually, what 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 angle do we want to attack first? Well, let's talk are you going to ask the question that I think you're going to ask about past lives? Well, past Is it lives, where did you watch it? Exactly. It's like, Apple. Did... It's Apple. I checked. It's oh. ours. Yes. So this is us I sleeping on it. See, this is the no, this is the problem. I hate things just sort of dropping with a whimper on streaming. Okay. Before we, so we have two avenues of conversation here to follow. Not not the we st- streaming whimper. Um, <laughs> we have first we can either talk about Boy and the Heron or we can talk about the stuff that didn't come to the big screen. I think let's talk about Boy and the Heron first because we did not have it. Let me tell you all that we moved this show <laughs> so that we would be able to watch Boy and the Heron first before we talked about our best of and then we didn't include it in our clips and I just I don't know what's wrong with us. You know, I don't want to blame Abang Ade. I don't mean it as blame. I kind of think it's just that for me the last couple of weeks of the year just became consumed by Abang Ade. That's and true. I couldn't think mm. of anything else. Same. I think the same thing happened for me also. I don't know if we would have remembered it. Not I, I. I remember it, and I and I really enjoyed the movie. But I don't know if it would have made a bigger impact if we had seen the the dub version, uh, the English version. Um, and I'm not saying that I wanted to watch that version, but I've heard the the Robert Pattinson <laughs> performance, dub, and it yeah. is it is in, it's amazing. It's amazingly insane. Um, and I don't. I've know watched that, the YouTube clips. They you, are yeah, insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. all of it, yeah. And you can't hear the Pattinson. No. You're like, where is the Pattinson? Yeah, it's I, it's the heron. Don't you kind of want to see him play that role live action? Like Pattinson With as like the heron? actual feathers and... Yeah. See, oh see this God. is the sad thing, right? Because the heron as a, the creation in the movie could really only exist in a Miyazaki. Yeah. And the Miyazaki, or rather the Ghibli, is not necessarily going to do a live action mocap situation. And you want both, is the thing. It's yeah. a sad thing. Mm. You want the, the weird, like... I don't want to spoil Boy and the Heron, so you just want the weird amalgamation that is the Heron yes. um, as played by Robert Pattinson with 
live action. That would be something. Well, I'm glad we're, we're at Miyazaki because actually the thing I wanted to say earlier about Martin Scorsese that also applies to Hayao Miyazaki is that Every time there's a movie from one of these greats and and you kind of know that they are they are getting on in the years, it also always feels like a bit of a special treat because yeah. um, you never know how much more you're going to get from them. Um, I felt that way when when Fablemans came out as well, also because it felt like such a such a look back by a director, Spielberg in that case. Um, and it's it's nice. And for me, that also adds to a, a little bit of a, I'm so glad I got to watch this. Oh, my God. So when I was listing down the, the names of um, directors um, earlier on the show, we so Fablemans was uh, was a previous year movie. We only got it released yes. in cinemas last year. We saw it in March or February or something. So if we were to go by that, technically, so we get a Miyazaki as well in that list and of filmmakers Spielberg. and a Spielberg. Mm. Good year. Insane. Yeah. Insane. Big, big, strong year. Um and we did really love Boy and the Heron. I think maybe yeah. it just didn't have enough time to marinate before, like you said, the Abang Adik hype kind of came through. And I mean, local film, lah. we're going to have our bias, I think. But Vilvarajan says, best movies for me from last year, Chitta, um, Jigathanda double times, X, is it X? X, X? Okay, double X, X3. Yeah. Um, the Boy, no, double, double X. X, sorry. And then number three is The Boy and the Heron. Four, Evil Dead Rise. And five, uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. That is a very diverse list yeah, of movies. Yeah, it's all over. Yeah. 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 Um, clearly, Vilvarajan, you're a fan of Siddharth, which I'm really there for. I haven't watched Jigger than the Double X. I've only watched the very first one. At least you know the title. <laughs> <laughs> I was busy struggling. Um, but I've heard not everybody liked the, well, this is the, the threequel. Um, but I will take this as a recommendation. I've heard like very good things. I want to watch it. It's on. It's on one of the streamers. Did you watch the second one too? No. no okay. No. But I want to watch it. I want to watch this especially because I've heard good, good things. Can we talk about Evil Dead Rise? Um, so. Oh my God! Wait, is that the 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 one in the apartment building? Yes. yes. Oh my mm-hmm. God! Yes. I blocked it out of my memory. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, Evil Dead Rise. So earlier, Ivan, you said John Wick Four is the scene that you think about a lot, right? Yeah. Like if you if you were to talk about. Top scene, not top movie, but top mm, scene. Mm. It would be there. Evil Dead Rise is a tremendous poster. I uh. every time I see the poster while I'm flicking through, I get upset. <laughs> I get upset all over again. <laughs> I remember the bathtub. I remember the the kitchen. I just remember all of it. I can't say Vilvarajan that I enjoyed the movie as much as you did. Um, but in terms of memorableness, it's it's up there. It's surprisingly up yeah. there for me. Not for me. I blocked it wholesale. I, from I, my mind. If you're a horror movie fan, then completely understandable, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I almost said if you're a Sam Mendes fan, I realise I'm talking about different people. <laughs> I apologise. Um, speaking of Spider-Verse, Vanita says, across the Spider-Verse, definitely topped great visuals, story, characters and soundtrack. Actually, across the Spider- Spider-Verse was beautiful, right? Um, yeah. I think I think so. The first one, Into the Spider-Verse, um, already set such a high bar that when I went in to watch it, I kind of expected to be disappointed, especially because I thought they were going to lean in too much into the multiverse thing and that it might get a bit weird. But I loved how the animation and the, the vibe of the whole thing, actually, they do lean in, but in the best possible way. Also, I think like I I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion, but I like Across the Spider Verse more than Into the Spider Verse. Um, I agreed with you on this. Mm, yes, mm-hmm. and I think Sharmila no, did I not. I didn't, and, yeah. and but only because I feel like the novelty was such a big deal. I recently rewatched both, mm-hmm. and I feel like Across the Spider Verse has inched closer, and I can't. It's getting to the point where I can't pick. Uh, but Into the Spider Verse for me is just oh my god, the first time you get this. Yeah, yeah. I think it's that nostalgia as what's, well. What's the general thing? Like people like Into more, right? The first one I think more. Most I think People so, like the first mm. one more. Um, I, I think for me, this comes down to my problem. I'm just going to say it with children um, on screen. <laughs> and, and how I, I have a... I, I have a... I don't know what the word is. Complex? Um, I a, love... A version? I, no, actually... <laughs> I, you know what's strange? I love children in real life. I'm no, not no, sure I know. what it is. But on screen, you actually react quite badly. Yes. Especially the, the like annoying bits the of The very that. specific shrill 80s yeah. kid I continue to have a problem with. Um, again, I actually really love children to all my friends and family who have children and think that I'm now kidding you about how much I love your children. I love your children. I just find that sometimes young people's stories, we've talked about this, um, children's stories, teen stories, they can be challenging in certain ways. And I liked an older Miles. 
I actually think that's a big part of it. Aside from the the visuals and and the story, I preferred watching slightly older versions of the characters going through similar problems. I never thought of it that way. In my head, it's almost like they're not different at all. I, I, after you said that, I can see the difference all of a sudden. And I'm like, yeah, maybe yeah, that's why. Because he's, he's just older. He's right? older, his, yeah. his thinking is different. His responsibilities are different. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But again, once more. <laughs> anyway, um, Rish says, I can only think of one movie off the top of my head. Jailer. The soundtrack, the twist, the action. Dang! Nothing else was as memorable and good as this movie. It was a terrible year for superhero movies and Barbenheimer was okay. Followed by, I forgot Spider-Man! Spider-Man? <laughs> or Spider-Verse? I think it's, it's like Spider-Man colon... Was in, there Spider-Man across... last year? No, right? The live action? No. No, right? No, no, ah, no, okay, no, no. okay, No Way Home was not last year. Yeah, I, yeah. I was going to like lose my mind. Um, okay. Two Spider-Man multiverse movies. <laughs> Rish, I'm sorry, I did not enjoy Jayla as much as I thought I would, but I will say that I very much enjoy watching Rajnikanth in pretty much anything. So on that same spectrum, um, I haven't seen Jayla yet. It's been on my list for a long, long time. Um, but I did watch Leo um, last year and I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I didn't I think I would. I haven't watched it. I keep hearing that it's really good. I, I avoided it because I disliked... Did the, the director also do Vikram? Uh, it's part of the LCU. Yes, that's right. Um, so he, yes, he did, he and did, I yeah, didn't yeah. like the other one. So oh, yeah. okay, okay. I thought it was fun. Um, I, I don't think it's an objectively good movie, but I think it's a subjectively good movie. So I enjoyed it that way. Let's talk a little bit about the. It was a terrible year for superhero movies because bold I, statement. So we have been talking a lot about how much we enjoyed, generally speaking, films films uh, last year. But if we broke it down category by category, right, so um, we, we don't have to go in every direction, but action we've got represented in a number of ways and it was a good year. Um, art house or at least, you know, serious dramatic movies, adult movies in the sense of your maestros and your Oppenheimers, we had that. Um, big pop culture moments, Barbie, of course, in that way is untouchable. But superheroes is interesting. Because superheroes actually... So Guardians was there. Mm -hmm. Not a perfect movie, but a really lovely one for fans, I think. Um, Spider-Verse, I suppose, counts. But then Ant-Man was the pits. Yeah. (laughs) Ant-Man was truly... It was really quite horrendous. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot about the Marvels. Marvels? The yes. Marvels. The Marvels, um, yeah. Which is fun which enough. Was all right. Yeah. Um, but otherwise... None of us have seen Aquaman. I was going to say, why are we not talking about the best one, Aquaman, <laughs> so which I, I haven't watched. Aquaman has divided people, though, weirdly, right? Some people say it's really fun. People oh. love Patrick Wilson, oddly. Everyone's just like, oh, Patrick Wilson that. and Aquaman is great. I, I am going to watch it. La. I like Jason Momoa. I'll watch it when it's out on streaming. Same problem. No, 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 I'm not going not gonna to commit. <laughs> Probably. Oh, The Flash. Um, oh, which yeah. I didn't oh, watch. Gosh. Yes. So there are a few superhero movies, but I think it says something that it's just not been particularly memorable. No, or that actually the thing I remember the most is Loki, which is a TV show, and Spider-Verse, which is animation. So I, I hate saying this, um, but is the sort of decline of the superhero movie the reason why we got so many films in cinemas, like blockbuster films God, or films that made money. They've just been biding their time, right? These yeah, yeah, guys, yeah. like secretly, not so secretly, trashing, passive-aggressively yeah. saying the things cartel. about... Yeah. They're the cartel. They are the serious <laughs> cinema cartel. The IMAX cartel. Yes. The Oscar cartel. <laughs> Basically, you're now just on Ati Mati and Nolan's side. La. Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, not their side. Not their side, but, yeah. but you're kind of seeing where this is Dis- coming Deciphering from. What, what happened. Like, how did, they, how did they suddenly make so much money? They made so much money and and they were reviewed so well. And in the meantime, the superhero movies were just, I mean... Being trashed. Absolutely trashed. Um, even by fans. Maybe secretly sabotaging the superhero factory, you know, doping <laughs> Kevin Feige. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we should probably talk about the the superhero thing in some... In a way, in a, way a big part of it, I think, is the verse, right? Yeah. We, we've been mm. having problems with the verse concept for quite some time. And so um, when one person is in trouble, it's kind of natural that oh, one person, when when a few films in a row, 
aren't great, um, it kind of brings down the whole endeavour. And I think that's part of what we're seeing. So Nerdwriter does a great, um, if you don't follow him on YouTube, he's a sort of YouTube video essay guy. He, he still puts out videos? He still does. Oh. One of his um, recent ones, which I thought was really good, was actually exploring the demise of the superhero storyline. Mm. Um, and I thought that was really good because he points to exactly that, that the weight of the um, multiple characters, multiple storyline uh, kind of collapses on itself. And it takes a lot to be able Able to kind of emerge from that. So for me, I, I I'm not sure, right? I see things like like Across the Spider Verse, um, Guardians of the Galaxy made a lot of money. I think some of the biggest blockbuster draws of of the last year, right? Um, and people still love and watch those movies. I just think, I think putting all these superheroes on a streaming platform like Disney Plus and then also having them in cinemas just makes them feel like TV movies. Or oh, that's how I yes. felt about the so, Marvels. And I think you might be right because I'm starting to feel that way about Star Wars. Mm, because mm. like once Obi-Wan is a TV character, seeing him on the big screen doesn't feel as special anymore. Yeah, like why are you paying like an IMAX premium to watch this guy who's on a TV show? Like, of course, he wasn't in, like cinemas first. But you know what I mean? It's like it dilutes the Miss Marvel's a TV character mm. moving to the big screen. Well, yeah, but also, you know, spoiler, Obi-Wan is not good. Wait, what's the title of the show? Is it Obi-Wan or is Obi -Wan it Kenobi? Kenobi? It's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Ah, okay. That's not going to be on our list next week. And and so no. that's another thing. I think it's a few things coming together, right? Because if the shows were great, um, and if the characters were still... There are lots of characters on television that would that have as much cachet as film characters. It, so I don't think it's necessarily just a small screen. It, part of it is just that the shows weren't very good either. The stories are not very good. And your examples of Guardians um, 4... Three. three, Guardians 3, oh my gosh, Guardians 3 and Spider-Verse, those stories were actually genuinely good and they genuinely mm. care about fans. They had emotional heft. Yeah. and Ooh, then you so didn't, much emotional Yes, heft. and you didn't need to buy into 40 different things yeah. to be able to connect with the story. Also, Across the Spider-Verse figured out the multiverse in one movie, which is something that the entirety of Phase 4 has been un unable to do. Yes, still struggling. Still struggling. Yeah, yeah still in remedial class. It's, a, it's kind of an odd thing. A cartoon did it in two hours and explained it to us like, yeah, these are the stakes. There you go. So we're talking today about <clears throat> our favourite movies of 2023 and asking you, what was the best thing you watched last year? You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899. You can send us a voice note. You can also tweet us at BFM Radio. So the next clip is actually kind of a joint-ish one with uh, for Arvin and I. Um, I think... Maybe you liked it ultimately more than me, because for me, it's on. It's like tentatively on my list, but for you, it squeaked into the top five. Into top five. Yeah. Napoleon. So we're talking mm -hmm. about Napoleon. Um, I think it made it to my top five specifically because it's such a... It's one of those things where you, you go watch and then you watch in IMAX and then you realise that it's designed for the big screen, right? Even though it's uh, produced by Apple, Apple Originals or something. Yes. Um, the sound, the scope, the cinematography. You're watching someone like Ridley Scott put on a masterclass of what it is like to make a movie with practical effects, with actual set pieces, and then harness somebody like a Joaquin Phoenix for, for doing what he does best, like be a Joaquin Phoenix in this role, which I thought was amazing. This film is a buffet of weird things. Yes. It is the best way I can think of to describe it. I, I, I think the reason why it's not on my top five firmly is because I can't decide until now, which is saying something, uh, whether it is a cohesive whole but I loved, loved, loved the performances, um, both of Vanessa Kirby and Joaquin Phoenix. I thought they were both really good. So Vanessa got, Kirby more than Joaquin Phoenix, actually. Yes, actually. Mm. So you've got these really great performances. You've got fantastic sets and fantastic production value, kind of unbeatable. You've got weird vignette stories. You've got controversial takes on a historical figure. You have got a cannonballed horse. Yeah. In the first five minutes. It's it's so much weirdness. And yet it's also again really beautifully made with that craft. And it's funny. Yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. Weirdly funny. Uh this one I would watch at home. I would watch it. I want to watch the extended version. Me too. Yeah. I, I don't know why I'm saying this. I don't know why I've suddenly become the three and a half hour lady. <laughs> Heck yes. But um, I really want to watch the extended yeah. Napoleon. The four plus hour thing. Yeah. Yeah. Is that going to be the only streaming release? Asks the person who hasn't watched it and you therefore will... will watch it on streaming. <laughs> uh... you, I think you'll have both. Okay. 
I would, yeah. And so I'll commit seven hours to watching both versions. <laughs> yes. I think you will enjoy it, you know, especially at home. Actually, I think I will enjoy it because of how much I enjoyed The Last Duel. And, and Ridley mm. Scott is is an interesting filmmaker, even though he, ne- he doesn't always hit the mark. Intense filmmaker also. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, by the way, since we've been talking so much about the elderly um, in the course of our show today, <laughs> because they're all, uh, they're all octogenarians. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wait, are they all still in their 80s? Has anyone crossed into the 90 no, mark? Not yet. Ridley Scott is 86. 86. I looked it up. Yeah, 86. so Ridley Scott is 86. Um, Christopher Nolan is a is a young, fresh-faced <laughs> filmmaker at this rate. Um, but, but an old soul, I will wager a thousand mm, bucks. Oh, super old soul. Yeah. But yeah, um, so he is part and parcel of that kind of older, very storied filmmakers continuing to work and continuing to put I out really... I have to build an actual bomb. Yeah. You know, that yes, kind of yes. guy. That yeah. energy. Cannonball horse. Um, <laughs> what was your favourite thing that you watched last year? That's what we're talking about today. Let us know. You can WhatsApp or send us a voice note. 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Evil minds that plot destruction. If you look down, you'll see a surprise. Once you see it, you will always want it. Sorcerer of death construction. I must warn you, I will not lead a second in command. I will win by fire. I am destined for greatness. I found the crown of France in the gutter and place it atop my own head. Building Fit Malaysians, BFM 89.9. What's up, danger? Miles! Wanna get out of here? Oh, win? So wait a minute, there's an elite crew with all the best spider people in it? Uh, who's the new guy? This is unbelievable. What's a guy got to do to join this spider team? You can never be part of this. Miles, being Spider-Man is a sacrifice. Nah, I'm going to do my own thing. All stations, stop Spider-Man. BFM 89.9, it's 8.32 and you're listening to Popcorn Culture. It's our supercut with Lynn, Charmila and Arvin. And together we're talking about our favourite things that we watched, our favourite movies that we watched in 2023. It's a look back. We want to hear from you. What was your favourite thing? What was the best thing that you watched last year? You can WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So let's talk. We've talked a lot about Across the Spider-Verse. Am I getting that right? I, I mix up titles yes, me a too. lot. Yeah. Um, we've talked a lot about it, about what makes it great, about what was enjoyable. I'd like to talk a little bit, though, uh, specifically about Nerd Joy and how there's something to be said about how intelligently Spider-Verse captures Nerd Joy when, when mm. there's all the spider people, when there are all the different versions of every spider person that's ever existed, when there are action sequences with Spider-Man powers done in a way that only animation could truly capture. I don't know, there's just something very beautiful about that. No, and the visual language is different for each verse that they bring up, right? So I'm both a Spider-Man fan, but also probably more so a fan of this multiverse concept. So the fact that they both come together and they've come together so amazingly in this film was very exciting for me. Um, I also just love the amazing voice cast that contributes to this feeling you have. Like, you know, oh my God, that's Oscar Isaac. Oh my God, that's Daniel Kaluuya. Um, I love it. I, I think there's so much here if you're a fan of these sorts of genre films. Also, I think the the term nerd joy um, is so is so apt because it could mean a, a bunch of things, right? Like one watching Spider Man in this sense, like watching a Sp- yeah. Spider Man like a- animated feature length film, um, seeing all the Spider Man, seeing the multiverse, all that stuff. But in another sense, um, for me, right, the reason why I could choose it above um, Oppenheimer, say, is that I like technically in my brain I can understand how an Oppenheimer is shot. Like when you see the behind the scenes mm. and the documentaries and the you know the the YouTube clips, you're like, okay, so they use like IMAX cameras, they shot this, they build like practical effects, blah blah blah. I cannot brain how they would even start to animate 
and across the spider verse. Right? Yeah, no, I yeah. have no idea. Like they keep explaining things like plates. But also, how do you even <laughs> think it? How do you think it? How do you think of what this is to yeah. conceptualize it? Yeah, yeah. because it, there's no there's no template for it. Like the animation is so new, so you have to think of something that doesn't exist yet in that form. But then also they explain things like oh, spider punks in a different frame rate, and then mm. the world's in a this frame rate, and I'm like, I have no idea what any of this means, or how long it takes, or how many people work on a scene. Um, and I don't know. It's like it's. Um, I, I think that just that that just feels fresh. Like you know, like we've been watching movies for a while, right? That just feels new, and I, and I cannot understand how that even comes about. Okay, so Riel says. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just swapping because we're talking about animation and and the artistry and the focus and the just the the unimaginable work and quality yeah. of Spider-Verse. Riel says, people are sleeping on Super Mario. Great <laughs> great movie. Perfect tone. It's the start of the video game movie universe. Riel, I was very excited about the Super Mario film. I really was, but this one didn't work for me at all. There were parts of it. The thing I enjoyed the most was hearing the theme music. I loved it. I, like, I liked it a lot. You were not around for I, I wasn't. I was, yeah. So I watched it, um, I watched it on a plane. And for me, it was like the perfect... Okay, plane yeah. would have been perfect for it. Perfect, perfect Cinema in-flight movie. Cinema made me upset. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can also see that. But as a flight movie, as like something to pass the time, I loved it. I remember seeing a little boy do the Mario jump <laughs> and that made me really happy. So, so that made me recognize that it is working. Um, mm. that, it, that it's working, that it does the thing it's supposed to do. I've also recently had a conversation with a nine-year-old um, about Super Mario who also had just seen it on a plane and he was delighted and excited and wanted to know my favourite character and wanted to know, you know, wanted to talk about the story. So again, I think for the target market, it works. Um, for people interested in the video game movie universe, I can see how it works as well. I think I would have been fine if I hadn't paid to watch it. Um, in a cinema. Yes. I, I can I can see that. Actually, I can yeah. understand. So it's not about the payment. Um, I, I realise when I say payment, it sounds like it's about the money, but it's actually about making the time, um, having to book it in, having to do, you know, do all the time movie... Time parking. All these things. Mm. I, I think at home, on a plane, all the, mm. all that, we would have actually a very different conversation. But Rial, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Can, can I tell you how much I liked it? Um, so I watched, <laughs> I, I started watching it late um, and then half the movie was done and then, the, then, then we landed. And I made sure to look for the movie again on the flight back. <laughs> <laughs> like days later, I'm like, I'm going to finish watching this movie. So the moment I got on the plane again, even before we took off, I was like, I'm going to start watching this. And then, wow. then I just I just finished the, the movie and then I waited. There's a post credit scene, right? So I yes. waited for the credits and all, all that stuff. It's fun, fun, fun movie. Mm. Fun movie. Um, we also have uh, Madhav who says, Guardians of the Galaxy, I can't believe a raccoon made me tear up. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. in a big way, mm-hmm. actually. The- I found myself kind of like, what is happening? Am I crying at Rocket Raccoon? I've watched it again. Me, yeah. I've watched it again and I cried again. Uh, yeah. 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 Actually, that's a tough scene. It's probably one of the toughest scenes in the Guardians movies. There are actually like a couple of super, super tough scenes in that movie. Um, and I also was like surprised in the middle of the movie. I'm just like, I'm just tearing up. Mm. and like, yeah. what is happening? Like, it's all CGI. Um, but yeah, that movie, it, it, it broke me. Yeah. It broke me. Um, Tahe says, thanks for featuring um, The Boy and the Heron. Been some time since I watched a Miyazaki film. I'm going to miss him if it was his last, which I, I think everybody is fearing that. That's the secret fear that everybody yeah. approaches Boy and the Heron with. Um, but also, Tahe, it's been some time since any of us watched a Miyazaki. Because, I, mm. mean, um, I mean, a fresh one. No, Because it's true. been a while. Also, I was going to say, Tahir, he says everyone is his last. Not yeah, because yeah. of mortality, but just because of how he is. Because of who he is. Yes, constant yeah. wanting to retire, but cannot, man. Although, right, um, the, the issue of mortality, I, I'm sorry, I don't know why I keep making this about old men. Um, but because we have spent so much time talking about master filmmakers who are in their eighth decade of life, you know, and who are clearly thinking about it, who are clearly thinking about it in a variety of ways. It's been interesting to see how each of them approaches the notion of mortality because it's quite different. Yes, yes, and, and very much reflected in, in the works that yeah. they put out, right? Yeah. Including Ridley, Ridley Scott has Scott? just said, no, he said he's just going to keep working. <laughs> I was like, what's? I no, haven't watched Napoleon. No, no, that guy is like, I wake up at six, I go make a movie because it's what I want to do. Stop asking me this question. <laughs> so it's different. 
why do all of them have that same energy? It's like they do all these amazing things. Like they build entire villages and cities just to blow up in a scene. And then when they do interviews and people ask them about these scenes, they're just like, oh, it's, it's like whatever. It's that's like how, that. Last stop yeah. asking me. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. the energy. Because like, also they, they came up when they were sitting down and doing five-day interviews with Vanity Fair over like brandy or whatever. And now they have to do reels. <laughs> Wouldn't you be annoyed? Yeah. yeah. But it's they're so they're so dismissive of what other people consider like like the must like works. hard work yeah. yeah they're just like well I mean yeah I, I made a movie I made many movies I'm gonna make another movie go away like that, that's, that's <laughs> really away. the energy yeah. um, I mean time is short yeah well that's true <laughs> not that they think that so. Earlier, we heard from Nat, who said Past Lives, which we will all watch and get back to you on, Nat, because people have been raving about that. And I keep thinking maybe it will come. And anyway, in the end, it's on streaming. Nat, where did you watch it? Tell us. We won't say it on air. Apple. Apple. Oh, wait, we had this conversation already. (laughs) Okay. It's the the Banshees of Inner Sharon of last year. So... We have other people pointing out movies that we didn't get to see. So Danny says, best movie of 2023 that we all couldn't watch, Godzilla minus one. Mm. Munif is back to say, by the way, my answer and all three of you uh, for the top movie of 2023 would have been Godzilla minus one if our country actually showed it. Wow, I like the confidence, Munif. You you may not be wrong. I've heard such good things about Godzilla minus one. Same. I don't know why we don't get it though. I right mean, or not? Yeah. What logic of is that? Of all things, I mean, look, to your point about Oppenheimer or Killers of the Flower Moon being a difficult sell. Mm. Talk about something that's an easy sell. Yeah. Godzilla. Like one trailer would, would do yes. it, right? Like Godzilla fans, kaiju fans. <laughs> yeah. Easy sell. It's And what I've seen of it looks tremendous. Same. I'm a bit upset about the lack of a big screen thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, sure, we'll get it or we'll watch it somehow. But no matter what we do, it's not going to mimic the... The feeling of the cinema walls shaking, which is sometimes what you want, you know, that that feeling of the floor Mm -hmm. beneath your feet actually rumbling, which is something that I got with both um, Oppenheimer and, in fact, Napoleon this year. For sure. Yeah. Especially when Godzilla roars. Yes, that's the thing. What's his roar called? Oh. Oh. What a complex question. Like, there must be a name for... It's not a roar, right? Like, what is the, what like is a, the sound? It's like a shriek of sorts, uh, I was going to say, sh- yeah. yeah. Scream, huh. shriek. Yeah. 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 Shroar. It's a shroar. It's actually... You know how the, the T-Rex is an elephant? Yeah. It's it's kind of that same trumpet thing. But, but it's, it's an elephant combined with something else, yes, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it is. Um, okay, Sharmila, are you ready? Yes. Okay. Because Shane says, I enjoyed Jawan and seeing Shah Rukh Khan in a Tamil machoism was fun. Uh, remembering Kuch Kuch Hotahe and he's so much different. Shane, thank you for affirming my favourite movie of the year. Uh, these two just rolled their eyes at We me. did not roll the. We did not. We made fun of you. They made fun of me, <laughs> yeah, yes. We it went beyond rolling of, of eyes. I actually truly enjoyed Jawan. Um, again, for all the same reasons that we've already said, that for me it was an amazing cinematic experience. I love that I was there and people were like clapping and cheering. Um, and I too enjoyed seeing Shah Rukh Khan in a, what was actually a Tamil film just in Hindi. To your credit, right? I think to if I credit, if, 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 if I'd seen it in the cinema, I think I would have enjoyed it a so lot guys, more. So, guys, I wanted to tell you, I watched the version on Netflix, and I actually really think the extended cut doesn't benefit the story. The mm. songs, even I felt the songs were too the long. The songs were incredibly long. Yeah, I, I mean, I okay, I made fun of you, but I just I made fun of you because you know it's the thing to do, but. Jawan, I enjoyed a lot. I watched it twice within a very short span of time. Um, And for a little bit, I I was kind of very, I don't know, in a Jawan state of mind. I don't know how else to describe it. Like I wrote the train and I was like, oh my God, bandages. (laughs) What's going to happen next? And, And so... I, I loved the I loved the tone of the movie. I have a huge as as you both know, I love OTT films. And so in that spirit and in that in the spirit of watching a huge superstar just do superstar things, I also love Jawan very much. It's just not top five. I'm not saying that it wouldn't not be anywhere. I'm not expecting anyone else to be. I think this can be a very personal choice. Very, very personal choice. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, by the way, his raw is called a screonk. There it is. Oh my God, so Shraw wasn't far. What wasn't far? Yeah. yeah, it's a screonk. What's mm. an onk? Oh, I, I need to go look this no, up. There I is, think it's there the, is the, a, the end the yeah, syllable. The, the, the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There is that sound. I get it. Um, Jasper has a great retrospective. My favourite movies of last year were Oppenheimer, uh, Sound of Freedom. It was such a touching film. 
Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour. I felt like it was at one of her concerts. Wonka, Gran Turismo, The Flash, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, uh, Barbie, 80 for Brady, Love Again, Nyad, Guardians of the Galaxy, Blue Beetle, uh, that, that one we hadn't mentioned either, Indiana Jones, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, Wish, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves, Fast X, which I'd forgotten came out this year, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, The Marvel's Little Mermaid. Is Disney paying you, Jasper? But <laughs> it's a big selection, though. To be but fair, it's a, actually, it's a great list. I've been wanting to watch Nyad for quite a while. So thanks for reminding me of that. That's on. Is that any on any it's of on the on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Mm. I want to talk about Wonka because um, mm, yes, we all loved Wonka. We yeah. were thoroughly delighted by it. And I was thinking, again, I think this might be the Abang Adik and Boy and the Heron dampener on Wonka because um, actually. If I let Wonka continue to to sing and swing along in my head for a couple of days before thinking about another movie or thinking about watching another movie, I think it might have squeaked in. I loved that movie. I enjoyed it a lot. It was really fun. And uh, to go back to what Munif said at the start of the show, it was just fun. It made me feel happy at the end of it. No, I love that movie. I don't know whether it would ever have made my top five. Um, but I do think it's one of those movies that I can imagine watching again and again. I also know uh, friends with children whose kids love Wonka. Like they're singing the songs now and wanting to like watch mm. it on repeat. So maybe parents are starting to hate it. Um, but but no, I, I actually think it's such a fun film. It's such perfect entertainment, yeah. that movie. I, I think it would have made it into my top 10. Yes. Not 5, but yes. 10 for sure. Possibly. For sure. Yeah. Because, you know, um, we were all like, oh, the, the music is the weak point. And then after that, I started listening to the soundtrack and I was like, no, these songs are Me good. Me too. I, found, <laughs> I was like, oh, Shamla, why did you lie on the show? Because yeah. now you're listening to it while you drive home. Yes. So the next <laughs> and day... And singing the same sounding songs. Yes. The next day, after we all dissed collectively the songs, um, I found myself humming... No, I did worse. I found myself humming a song over and over again. I was like, what is this? <laughs> What is this? Is it from Wonka? What else would I have listened to recently? And then I listened to it, I realised it was, and then I listened to the whole soundtrack repeatedly. Isn't that the side effect of one of the chocolates that he makes? Like something gets like buried in your oh my God. psyche, like your memory? I made it. Yeah, that one. You're welcome, everyone, for the it's, earworm. Yeah, it's, it's a weird, it's a strange quality to the yeah. show, but yeah. there it is. The songs are good, guys. We had to re- We have to retract our statement, I guess, a little <laughs> mm-hmm. bit. I don't know. It's a surprise. Um, All right. Thank you, everybody, for getting in touch and for joining us in our retrospective of what was a pretty landmark year for movies. Next week, we're going to be doing Last of Us, Loki, Succession, The Bear, because we are talking about the best television of uh, 2023. And there were an awful lot of it. Um, There was an awful lot of it. So, Hold those thoughts. Get back in touch with us next week. Um, Thank you, everybody, for joining in today. You have been listening to Popcorn Culture BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.